Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Turn on the Jets Digital Presents Draft Season. I, As you can tell, I'm not Michael Megan. He just pinch hit for me last week. I am back, migraine-free and all. Uh, it is your moderator, D.A. Osorio, joined as always by the Legion of Boom, James Koontz and Joseph Bella. Guys, how are you doing? Feeling good, D.A. Uh, missed you last week. Uh, we had a great time with me- Meeks, but it's nice to have uh, our fearless leader back, man. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. Uh, you know, for guys, for you guys that, that have never seen us, Michael Megan and I could not be further opposite in terms of complexion, height, and I am a father and he is not. So if I sound a little tired, it's probably because my, my soon-to-be three-year-old daughter is driving me nuts. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. Obviously, this is episode eight of season six of Draft Season, and we are joined by the son of Odin himself. <laughs> Thor Nystrom. Thor, how are you doing, my brother? Thank you for joining us this Sunday. It's great to be here. Just living the dream, boys. We flipped the, the calendar to draft season. Uh, let's talk some prospects. It's a fun time of the year. It is. It is. And, you know, it, it's great because it's literally right after Christmas. So Christmas has been extended a little bit, right? Things will look a little different this year uh, with no, you know, no private workouts. The combine's going to look a little weird. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not stuff to talk about. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right in with you, brother. The New York Jets. You know we're we're Jet fans and we're sitting. I'm at, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, and it's <laughs> it's it's hopefully it is the only loss that we are known for going forward. Now that we fired who I think is going to be a good head coach and Joe Douglas seems to know what he's doing, but they're sitting at the number two pick. There's a lot of rumors going around. You know, you hear Deshaun Watson's names. Matt Stafford's going to be out of Detroit now. All these things. But tell me. Is there outside of the Trevor Lawrence? Because there's, there's, you know, it seems he's going to go first to Urban Meyer and, and Trent Ball, Justin Fields, uh, Trey Lance, Wilson. Where, who do you think is the best fit for the New York Jets at number two? And just what are your thoughts on the quarterback class outside of Lawrence? Yeah, uh, just me personally. For me, it would be Fields or trade down, um, and and that includes the veteran options. Um, Watson is going to cost a prohibitive amount, right? I mean, they're, they're probably going to ask for Darnold and what, three first rounders and, and maybe plus, you know, you might have to toss in a couple second rounders as well. Um, that's the kind of thing that leverages the entire, you know, you're talking about all the equity of, of your franchise, what you have to spend on, on bringing new talent. And seems like the Jets have too many issues to sink that into one player. I, I think probably the better, um, you know, the, the, the better course of action here, just sit in the number two slot. If, if you want to take that guy, take Justin Fields, who has been ubiquitously comped at this point to Deshaun Watson. 
Um, the, the other option would be, you know, and I'm not in the building. I, I liked Darnold. Okay. Coming out his class, although I did rank him fourth in, in, you know, among the quarterbacks at the big five that year, um, you know, did they view him as, as the guy? Um, and then, so that's, you know, that's question number one, uh, going forward. And then question number two is what are you getting offered? You know, I, I think that's a thing from the outside that we, we don't know. It's, it's obviously a big difference between whether a team is going to offer the, the jets, a high second round pick and a mid third round pick, or, a, you know, a, a, an early fourth round pick. There's a huge difference in what they could be offered. So, um, you're going to have to weigh all those different things. They have a lot of balls in the air, but for me, it would be fields or trade down. I don't know what you guys think, but th- that's what I would do. I wouldn't pay up for Stafford either, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, so all three of us have Justin Fields as our quarterback too. I think that, and, and I'll be honest for me, and we were talking about this before you came on. I do not like changing rankings on players off of one game or off of two games. I think that the body of work should speak for itself. Right. Um, and I think for me, Fields' body of work is incredibly impressive over the last two years, right? And I think that in any other class, it's interesting that you mentioned the the Darnold class. I had Sam Darnold ranked fourth also. I, I had him ranked fourth out of the big five. I think Justin Fields in any other class without without Trevor Lawrence in it is probably the top quarterback in that class because sure. the track record speaks for itself. Uh, why Fields over Wilson in your mind? And that's going to tie into a question that Joe has for you. But a lot of Jet fans, they love Zach Wilson. Some of us think that it's because a lot of people just – they missed on Mahomes, and they think everybody is now Mahomes who has a rocket arm and display. Why Fields over Wilson for you? Yeah, I don't think you know. I I, I watch Mahomes a lot at Texas Tech. I I don't think that Wilson has quite that level of arm. Obviously, he makes some insane throws and, you know, sort of the differences there, you see the thing where he's sort of like, you know, drifting off to the right and he can hit a guy, you know, across the field, you know, on the sidelines, you know, whatever he, he, he does have the ridiculous throws, but I don't think it's the same caliber as uh, Mahomes. I also don't, don't think he's quite as athletic as Mahomes. I, I think it's unfair to, uh, to, to make that comparison. And I, I think if you're just looking at the gifts, um, Justin Fields has quite a bit more than, than Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, people, people seem to forget this because he's been with Lawrence the entire time. And now, now Zach Wilson jumps up, but uh, Justin Fields is one of the highest ranked dual threat quarterback recruits of all time. I I think he's two behind uh, Vince Young. And he just so happened to come in in the same class as, you know, the number two pocket passer, number one pocket passer recruit of all time and, and Trevor Lawrence. So by comparison, he, he's always had a, sort of a weird time because you had Trevor Lawrence is already playing and uh, Fields had to sit out his first year at, at Georgia, didn't get on the field very much, obviously, because he was behind Fromm and Easton, et cetera. Um, and then, he you know, he transferred. But um, I, I just think in terms of the tools, in terms of the ceiling, Zach Wilson can't touch Justin Fields. It's, it's just a different level of thing. And um, Justin Fields' arm, by the way, it's it's nothing to sneeze at. I, I don't know if you guys were watching the the Clemson game in the semis, but this is a guy who had an injured throwing thumb. He had his ribs had just been shattered to, you know, been put in a blender by James Skalski on on that that targeting thing. He was throwing dime sixty yards downfield after halftime, um, like in the face of oncoming rushers, you know, s- stepping up, stepping up between them, and then just throwing dimes downfield. That that guy has a cannon, and he can play through through injuries as well. Um, so I, for me, it's, it's a, it's a thing about the ceiling. Um, I, I don't think that Zach Wilson can get as high as, as Justin Fields when you talk about NFL ceiling and that's, that's what I'm shooting for. Justin Fields has also done it against top competition here. Not, not just in his college years. He, he has been a, viewed as a prodigy going back to his high school days. Zach Wilson has for approximately the last two months, and he played a BYU schedule. I, I like Zach Wilson a lot, you know, for a lot of the reasons that you were mentioning, you know, the 
creativity, the arm strength, all that sort of stuff. But um, for me, Fields and Wilson, it's it's a different thing. I if if I'm two and I'm I'm taking a quarterback, I'm taking Justin Fields. And I and I will say it because I can I can never pass up an opportunity to tip my hat to Vince Young mentions, but. Right before the semis, James James asked us in our chat. He was like, "What are you guys expecting from Fields today?" And that was the exact phrase I used. I said, "It's it's a Vince Young s game, Vince Young versus USC, that kind of game, right?" Because I think when you look at a guy like Fields, and James mentioned this, because James and James will tell you he was a little harsh on Wilson early on, right? And he's he's tried to soften it because he doesn't want people to call him a Wilson hater. But there are things that that like there are things that Fields can do on the field that I do not think Wilson could do yet. Um, and I think for me, I think if I, if, if I was a new head coach, five-year contract, trying to line up my contract with a rookie coming in, I, for, I would hitch my wagon to Fields. Joe, what's your question for Thor? Yeah, Thor, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, I, I have to admit, I did Twitter stalk you a little bit, trying to get some insights into your uh, draft uh, perspective. And I also caught this uh, interview you did with uh, Sports Daily, where you discussed Trey Lance. Uh, you talked about how Lance was undervalued coming out of college and how teams even wanted to play him at defensive back. You know, a lot, of, a lot has changed since then. And Lance is in the first round conversation and, and deservingly so. And we're big fans of him here. Um, but I am curious um, how you see it from your perspective. Is Lance once again being undervalued at this time by the mainstream draft community compared to Fields and specifically Wilson, who seems to be the Jets' Twitter favorite right now? Yeah, I, I think like if you were doing like a stock check, I, I think it's probably fair right now because I, I think right now Lance is being viewed as the QB four, which, which I think just in terms like if you're just looking at the resumes, right, like of these guys, you know, and you're sort of comparing it analytically against sort of the quarterbacks that have succeeded in the past, I think it would be fair to put Lance's resume, you know, in, in, in terms of sort of draft stock coming in uh, at number four. So I, I do think that's fair. Um, but the thing with with Lance is, is is his ceiling is as high. You could argue his ceilings as high as any of these guys. So I, I think, you know, if you're looking for an undervalued thing, you know, aspect, that would be it. But he's he's clearly a boomer bust prospect. Like, I'm not afraid that Lawrence is going to bust. I'm not afraid that Fields is going to bust. I'm a little bit more concerned about Wilson just because we, we only saw it for, you know, three months there. But, um, you know, but his bust profile is not as high as Lance's either. With, with Lance, the, the thing that you're going to have to grapple with and reconcile with as, as the franchise is you're going to have to accept a much higher bust profile, which we don't have those jobs. We don't get paid millions of dollars to be, you know, the head coach, offensive coordinator, the, the quarterback coach or whatever. But for those guys, that's, you know, in the GM, whatever, that's a big deal for them, obviously. And so, you know, Lance, you're talking about a guy who basically has an unprecedented uh, draft profile coming in. Like we, we very rarely see redshirt sophomores enter the draft, right? Like you have like Michael Vick, Sam Darnold, our boy that we just talked about. Um, th th there's a couple others, right? But like literally a couple others, um, especially when you're talking success stories. It's very, very rare. Trey Lance is entering the draft as a redshirt sophomore from the FCS when he did not play more than one game in his sophomore year because of COVID, right? So he's only, he's only started like whatever it is, 14, 15 uh, FCS games, not FBS, FCS games. Um, there has never been a quarterback taken in the first round that has had that little um, live, you know, experience against uh, lesser competition. So he, he has the tools, you know, the the upside of of, of any of these. I, I think you, you could compare him fav favorably to Fields. The athleticism is similar. The arm strength is similar, et cetera. 
Um, but again, we just haven't seen it uh, for very, very long, obviously. And, and, and Lance's redshirt freshman season at North Dakota State, you had an offensive system that was totally tailored around him. He didn't throw an interception all year, but they never made him put the ball in, uh, in harm's way at all. You know, it was a, a sort of run first offense. And then, you know, Lance could sort of do his thing after that. And, and he never, uh, you know, took the, took the chance to put the ball in harm's way, you know, credit to him. But um, again, we haven't seen him in all these different circuits. Like, you know, Justin Fields, we, we got to see him. I mean, just these these last couple games, we got to see him potentially having broken his ribs before halftime in the semifinals. We had to see him work through that in real time on the sidelines, then like one play. And then he's telling the coaches like, no, I'm going back in. And then, you know, through the, you know, and then he gets to halftime and he obviously got his injection at halftime comes back out. But like, we got to see a player like that go through all these scenarios against Clemson. And then in the title game, you know, we, we saw him in his, his career progression up to now, we saw him playing without half of his teammates when they were, you know, Ohio state's roster was ransacked by COVID, you know, in, in the latter stages of the regular season against Michigan state and stuff like the Northwestern game. Um, so we've seen, you know, these guys, they've been in different situations, but with Lance, he's only ever been for that one season in essentially what was an ideal uh, spot, you know, with, with just this dominant team that went undefeated. So it's a very weird profile. Like right. no one can look at Trey Lance and tell you like, I know exactly what he's going to be because this is a totally unprecedented draft profile. Analytics couldn't guess it. A scout couldn't tell you. Um, you just sort of have to, you know, throw it up there. You, you know, know what it is, which is th- this is a this is a dice roll, you know, high upside, but obviously there's huge risk there. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I like Lance because everybody everybody raves about his work ethic. I think that what you saw, but you're right, he was put in a situation, which I mean, you th- I think you want from all your coaches, where you're putting these kids in positions that they can succeed. But I will tell you, and this is something that I've, I've talked about with folks, if he ends up on a team like Carolina, that doesn't have to play him right away, that he can sit behind Bridgewater with those weapons, with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and that coaching, that that offensive system, I think that's where you get that, where you're saying that upside, because then now, now you're getting them, they're developing the, him and his system, they're catering the system to, to his skill set, right? Which is kind of what you want to see. It's similar to what the Ravens have done with Lamar Jackson, except Lamar Jackson was obviously a better uh, uh his resume was better coming into coming into the draft, um, but I'm interested to see where he falls because I think I think he could be a guy that just really, if you draft him now, you're not drafting him for right now. You're drafting him for three years from now, where you you have you you're, you have the best quarterback coming out of that class. Uh, real quick before before I pass it back to Joe for his last question, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, Trent Baalke. Any concerns about that? Because I'll be honest, I have not liked anything the Jaguars have done. I, I'm very worried about Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. 
uh, well, I'll say I'm not, I'm not concerned about Trevor Lawrence at all. Um, I mean, he's one of the best quarterback prospects that I've, I've certainly that while well, I've been doing this job that I've evaluated, you know, obviously you probably have to go back to someone like Andrew Luck, you know, in, in terms of coming into the NFL, I'm not concerned about him at all. It, it is going to be an interesting uh, situation. It seems like, you know, for me, it, you ask about the concern for me, it's probably more on the urban Meyer side or the, yeah. the, the expectations on urban Meyer. You know, I, I just thought it was funny, you know, it's like NFL fans. It's like, they don't follow college at all, or they don't even have the, the capability of, of noticing like, it, it's it was funny this year like uh all the cardinals fans were bitching about cliff kingsbury and like oh he's bad tactically it's like no shit he was fired by his alma mater two years ago he, he, he was fired by his alma mater two years ago and then you hired him two weeks later and and now you figured out he's bad tactically yeah okay um and you know in in, in the same sort of thing here with like urban meyer this is a guy who has walked away from his last two jobs and he said it was health related both times. It just so happened that at both times shit was going down, right? Like at Florida, they, you know, at the time when his migraines started kicking up and I, I don't mean to make light of it because this guy does have a cyst on his brain, but the time when he chose to walk away from Florida was when they'd had like 23, 24 player arrests and things were going bad there. And sports illustrated had done this big story about how the, the culture of Florida was really toxic. And, you know, it was probably urban Meyer's fault and all this. And all of a sudden urban started to get headaches and then urban had to walk away for the season. And then he was walked away full-time and now I'm not coming back to coaching again. Well, then the Ohio state job opens up well, who can turn down Ohio state. So he's got to come back. And, you know, when he came back to Ohio state, it was like, you know, at Florida, I learned my lesson. That's the sec pressure cooker. You know, I'm coming up to the, you know, coming up here now and I'm going to delineate, you know, the responsibility. So it's not all going to be on urban and, and things are going to be much better here. And so things did go well for a little while and then shit went south with right. Zach Smith and the, you know, right. the investigation there. And then mm-hmm. Zach Smith tried to blow up his spot and tried to blow up Tom Herman's spot. And then urban got suspended for those three games. All of a sudden urban Myers headaches come back. Right. And then he's gone by the end of, you know, that year or whatever. My concern for Jacksonville is, um, what I like about what they did, of course, is you've accrued all these different picks. You've gotten rid of all your your salary cap obligations going forward. You're about to essentially luck into, if you want to look at that as luck, or they, they deliberately tank their way into the best quarterback prospect of the last decade. And I'm not necessarily going to dog Urban Meyer as a coach. He's one of the greatest college coaches, I think, of all time. If you just look at his record, his winning percentage is absolutely stupid at the four, coach, the four schools he coached at. But it's a strange fit because you have this one guy who is just sort of hell bent on winning, who seems near the end of his, I mean, doesn't seem, he, he just is near the end of his coaching career. And he has these health concerns, which again, seem to crop up when his programs start to go awry, which they have it at his last two spots. And now he has an NFL team, you know, to, to sort of manage this with. If you're looking at Urban Meyer as, as a long-term guy, you know, a guy that goes beyond his first contract, I think that's probably a mistake. And so for Jack, you know, if I was Jacksonville, this is the way that I think of it. If I was hiring that coach, um, you know, and it's like, okay, I got, I got Lawrence and I got, you know, I got LaVisca Chenault and I got Shark and, you know, I got James Robinson. And, you know, we, we have, a, we have, we have some of these pieces set up and we're going to have all these other picks in this draft. We have, we have the most equity in the NFL. Like, I, I think that I would, would try to get a coach that, that would, you know, I could project to maybe be there for seven, eight, nine, ten years. If you think Urban Meyer is going to be there seven, eight, nine, ten years, you're mad. Um, 
And so now you're you're asking Trevor Lawrence at some point early in his career, he's going to have to change over coaching staffs and change over offensive coordinators. I don't think that's conjecture. I just think that that's a fact um, that that's the deal that Jacksonville has made. Um, it, it, what what the trade off is, is that every place that Urban Meyer is gone, this is what he's awesome at. It, it seems like at the end of his tenures, always end bad. The beginning of his tenures are always awesome. Um, he's one of the, the great coaches in college football history in turning a program around year one. Um, you know, they just jump up, you know, usually you have the fall down with, with the programs, his programs always got immediately better. And so I think that's what Jacksonville is banking on that, you know, this year they jump up to, you know, whatever, six wins, seven wins or whatever. And then the year after now you're nine, 10, and then you're a legitimate, legitimate contender after that. Maybe urban's thinking year three, year four, I can contend for a super bowl. And then I ride off into the sunset. Right. And I think I, you make a really good point about just and, and, and in the AFC, right, with Mahomes, the emergence of Josh Allen. Right. Uh, you have Lamar, you have Herbert, you have Burrow, who looked good before the before the knee injury. You need a quarterback. Right. And, and the Jaguars, either by luck or by suck, they have they have, <laughs> way, they have found their way into, you know, I, again, because I, I, I think we all agree with you. There's a lot of a lot of Jet fans who, you know, when Trevor Lawrence was in the running to be here, he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. The minute we fell out of there, they were like, well, he's not really that good. I don't know. <laughs> because you got to rationalize it somehow. Right. Sure. Uh, I think so. So before I let you go, we're now approximately three months before the draft, three and a half months. Is Justin Fields the pick at two for the New York Jets, or do you think we get a curveball on draft night and it's Zach Wilson? Um, well, I think if I think if the Jets, okay, I'll, I'll put it this way: if the Jets are making the selection, I believe that it will be Justin Fields. And I think if they do anything else, it's a mistake. Um, but I, I certainly think that the Jets, you know, from this point going forward, could absolutely rationalize going forward with Darnold and taking what's going to be an absolute buttload of picks to move down. And that may end up being the Sage decision. We don't know the offers that they're going to get, but just from historical precedent, we know that is going to be a monster load of picks. That's something that you have to think strongly about. You know, Darnold just came out a few years ago. He had, as you guys know, you're Jets fans. He has not had the weapons. And until this year, he didn't even have a functioning offensive line. I mean, now we're starting to get guys in there, but like, give Sam Darnold a little bit of a break, maybe, you know, and if, if, if in that trade, you know, you know, I, I would also, you know, not just want to be able to, you know, if, 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 if I'm keeping, if I'm trading down and I'm, I'm keeping Darnold, um, again, you, you want to, you're going to want to surround him with, with guys. And I think that there is a path to doing that with, with the picks that they have and the picks they could acquire. Yeah. And I think I, and honestly, that may not be what jet fans want to hear. A lot of Jet fans have pulled the uh, have uh, kicked down the emergency door when it comes to Sam Darnold. <laughs> I think I I I would be surprised I would be surprised if Douglas and Salah do that. But if the offer is a is a Godfather type offer, I I and and then you're then like the Bills where you're armed to, to going up and getting your quarterback next year if it just didn't work out. Um, then I think that could be something that could be something to explore. So- yeah, and, and here well, just one other thing, you know, uh, on the other side of this, there's the thing of what we also don't know is, you know, if 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 they have decided in their heads like we're going to take let's say Fields or, or Wilson at, at number two, we also don't know on the other side what offers would they get for Darnold. So we don't know the offers that are going to be on the table for two. We don't know the offers are going to be on the table for Darnold. And you got to think about those guys. 
this is their job in, you know, in that room that, you know, it's like Charlie day in uh, always sunny on, on the whiteboard. They're going to have all these different things with, with all their different two deeps, you know, and be sort of projecting with this pick, with that pick, we could fill this, 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 this. Um, I don't think, you know, this decision is purely going to be, you know, people in their head might want to think like, Oh, it's Sam Darnold against, uh, Justin Fields. It's not that at all. It's Sam Darnold and a you know a litany of other things. And this direction we go, or it's Justin Fields. We we askew some of those those different extra picks, and then we're going to go this direction now. Roto World and NBC Sports are lucky to have you. Uh, I always support fellow bearded dudes. Right? <laughs> you see, Joe and I have it. James doesn't have it yet, but James is also very young. It will kick in within the start next- growing it, James. <laughs> get it going (laughs) but thanks so much for joining us man we really appreciate it and hopefully we can have you on after the jets make their pick and honestly if they do pick a quarterback we are all hoping it's justin fields too so thank you so much for, for joining us man absolutely love to come back